Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. A lot to get to as uh, since our last podcast, we've seen new reports come out on the Pac-12 TV deal timing. Now looking like a late spring, early summer, um, even maybe even August. Um, so according to multiple reports, the Pac-12 looking at a summer time frame now for their media rights deal. I think it was Stuart Mandel who even uh, floated the idea that uh, the CW, which is you know widely gotten uh, noticed because they brought on Live Golf as a, a television partner, is exploring an opportunity with the Pac-12, Amazon, Apple, ESPN, even Fox, according to John Canzano, all still in play for this media rights deal that continues to drag out. Now, we talked a ton about why there are certain time frames that are playing out now with this on the last podcast. So I'm not necessarily going to spend too much time on the Pac-12 today. But San Diego State, this is an interesting piece to this, and I'm going to try to dig a little bit on SMU's end. San Diego State does have what a few people believe to be as kind of a soft deadline of, of sorts to informing uh, their conference that they could be on the move. That deadline would be July 1st to inform them that they are going to leave. And if they do leave, that would save them upwards of 15 to $30 million. That's just from what I've seen out there. Now, does that actually impact their ultimate um, kind of bottom line exit fee? My opinion is I don't necessarily know if it does because so much of these comings and goings in conference realignment are negotiated buyout fees. And if San Diego State is going to leave, I would imagine they could negotiate that dollar amount down if it did stretch beyond that. Now, we'll see what it is with SMU and the AAC. We've seen the AAC give on uh, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF leaving to create different buyout options for them. But if that July 1 date is is key and critical to SMU and San Diego State getting into the Pac-12s, not only sooner, but for a substantial amount of money less, uh, that is something to watch when it comes to all of this. Uh, we did see Stuart Mandel of The Athletic report that the late spring, early summer timeframe is now in play. And from what John Canzano reported that we talked about earlier this week, he sees that reframe kind of happening on expectations for a timeline. So if those timelines are pushed now into late May, even early June, that could be uh, where Stuart Mandel kind of got that from the Pac-12 leadership kind of reassessing the expectations for when this deal could get done. Now, since uh, John Canzano reported uh, his big notebook uh, this week, uh, I was around some SMU folks and was able to kind of dive into what the feel is around the program and the university as this continues to kind of unfold. And everyone has reiterated to me that they're hearing a lot of positivity from their connected consultants, which are a key in this for SMU. President Turner, um, as well as chairman of the board, David Miller, have been leading this. And the circle is very tight from SMU's side of things, uh, without a doubt on this. But 
the positivity around joining the Pac-12 continues to be um, fairly substantial, I would say. Um, I'm of the belief, and this is me speculating, and others have felt the same, that if SMU was not going to get into the Pac-12, this exercise would have long been over by now. You know, whether it be George Klyovkov not even visiting SMU or them being informed that things are not going the way they want them to and they are either going to stay at 10 or maybe even expand by one. But most people say if the Pac-12 does expand, which it is expected to, it'll be by two and it'll be with SMU and San Diego State. We've seen a fair amount of the buzz around more teams being involved in the expansion of the Pac-12 kind of die down as of late. And maybe that is because there is this kind of dead period of time now since some of the buzz around the TV deal getting done has come and gone now. Maybe it is just the fact that they're not going to expand by more than two, which I'm of the belief that they are going to expand by two. Um, when you look at this summer, uh, it is a, I think a perfect time for them to expand. If that is the time frame, it works out to be, but they're also in no rush. You know, this is a deal that doesn't expire for well over another year now. Um, and the window to negotiate things could drag out even longer. I mean, like we, like we talked about Amazon and Apple move at a slow, slow pace. They have not done a college sports streaming deal before. And that'll be critical to setting that all up for all these sports. So I'm intrigued to see, obviously, where this goes. But that is kind of the latest with reports coming out on Thursday that the Pac-12 is eyeing kind of a summerish time frame now for its media rights deal to be completed. So that's it on Pac-12 realignment. Do you want to jump into SMU spring football? We are going to take a look at the secondary on today's podcast and kind of share some thoughts on it and uh, also, we'll set the table for the transfer portal window opening on April 15th. That window has been moved up from May 1st to uh, April 15th, and it runs until April 30th. It used to be May 1st through, I believe, May 30th. So a tight window now for players to enter the portal. That would then give those players the month of May uh, to take visits. Uh, they could also fit them in, obviously, in April if they go in relatively quickly. We'll talk about that later in the podcast and maybe where SMU could go with some of those uh, transfer portal targets as far as position goes. For SMU's secondary, we, we've spoken now with Scott Simons, uh, Kyle Cooper, and Ricky Hunley. And the buzz around this secondary is really starting to build. If you've been out to practice, you see that these receivers have a little bit of a taller task than they have in the past getting open. Um, and look, you lose a player like Rasheed Rice, you don't have a Jake Bailey out there uh, or Dylan Goffney. There are new faces that are getting opportunities. And there are some that ultimately are getting a lot of burn in practice that you probably won't see as much of in games. Um, some of the walk-ons that have actually had nice springs, you know, Carter Campbell, Gage Haskin uh, in the tight end room. Uh, those guys have had quality springs, in my opinion. But will they play ultimately on Saturdays? Maybe not as much, especially when you get Jake Bailey, Dylan Goffney back um, this summer. For SMU's secondary, they've done a really good job of being physical. And for a lot of these players, now in year two of the system, you look at Kavaris Hall, you look at A.J. Davis, um, you look at 
uh, Brian Massey, now that he's healthy, Brandon Crosley building off of what he did at the end of last year. A lot of these returning guys, and of course, Ahmad Moses at, at the safety position, a lot of these guys have taken steps forward in the spring. And I, I think that's important uh, because you brought in guys like Charles Woods, Chris Meganson, Jonathan McGill, CJ Sanders, um, and others um, in the secondary, Jalen Davis Robinson. But this is a group that is highly competitive now. And it wasn't like that last year. And they also have the talent. Charles Woods is a shutdown corner uh, from what I've seen. He's been able to really solidify one side of that cornerback room. Chris Meganson, who had an interception in practice um, on Thursday, he's been really strong as well. And he's played in this defense, kind of like Ahmad Walker at the linebacker position. Chris Meganson is, is adding that experience in this defense on the back end. And I did drop our uh, projected defensive depth chart for the spring game uh, that you guys can check out at ontheponyexpress.com. And those two guys are my presumed starters at this point. And I, I think they are both veterans. They both have size and they both have played at a high level throughout their college careers. Uh, behind them, you have A.J. Davis, who Ricky Hunley admitted has kind of been up and down, but he is continuing to develop and he looks like somebody SMU is going to be able to rely upon um, much more so in his sophomore season coming up than they did as a true freshman. They kind of brought him along. He got a little bit more playing time late in the season. And then Kavaris Hall, another second-year player for SMU, has come on strong this spring. And I feel like he's this, uh, the second-string corner um, right now um, on, on one of those spots. And I think his size is something SMU covets out there. He's played physical. Um, I, I think he's clearly healthier maybe than he's been as far as his ability to move around. Remember, he was coming off of an ACL injury going into his SMU career um, you know, that he sustained at Tulane, and now he's finally healthy again. And so I think that's been really big for him. The safety position is probably beginning to be my favorite group to watch right now in spring practice. Jonathan McGill had an interception on Thursday. Uh, Brian Massey had two interceptions. Brandon Crosley's been playing really well. But then you have Ahmad Moses, who continues to make plays in practice. You have Isaiah Wachovia, who's now healthy and seems to be more comfortable this year as he's you know kind of breaking back into playing in this defense. And then C.J. Sanders, the Fresno State defensive back, has added a physical edge to that nickel spot playing behind Brandon Crosley. That's a two deep across the board for SMU. And you don't even have a Jahari Rogers or a Sam Westfall who both played a lot of football at SMU um, back there. So this safety group is really exciting to watch. They play with confidence. You can tell a lot of them are more comfortable. Brian Massey being healthy is huge. He had one of his best practices of the spring and has been really strong. And how do they make it all work when it comes to the fall when you have somebody like Ahmad Moses who's really come on strong? So I, I feel like the secondary, taking a look at them, they've really impressed. Um, I, I, I think this is a group that now gives SMU the chance to have a much improved pass defense, which it took a step forward 
in 2022. I believe they ranked around 87th. Um, it was one of the best seasons statistically for the secondary in years. And they have that too deep across the board, which I think is something that SMU hasn't had. And Scott Simons talked about it earlier this spring, the ability to rotate in the secondary when offenses go as fast as they do, uh, running deep routes as much as they do, especially in this league, that's going to really um, affect how well SMU can play consistently when they're able to rotate more and more. And the probably biggest surprise of the spring is the way Isaiah Wachobia has stepped in and played for SMU. Uh, he had a couple pass breakups in practice on Thursday. He looks like he's trimmed back up um, and, and you know, just seems like he's moving around a lot better after kind of recovering from that hamstring uh, injury that, you know, took him out of play for pretty much uh, for three quarters of uh, the season this fall uh, for SMU. And obviously there was some buzz around that he could be looking to transfer right now, though, he seems to be buying back in, which is important uh, for SMU as far as the depth goes. Um, Bryce McMorris is being slowly brought, brought along as well at the safety position as he continues to bounce back from that torn ACL. They've been pretty careful with him back there. And I, I think this is a group that at the safety position, as we kind of transition into some transfer portal talk, if they can add one more safety, I think that will really solidify things. Somebody that can help this group from a depth perspective because SMU wants to be able to rotate at across across the board in the secondary. And they do have a two deep at the safety group right now, but they're one injury or two injuries away from being back to being thin, especially since Chris Adamora moved up to linebacker. Um, we saw some departures off the team in the 2022 season. So I think a safety is really critical for SMU to pick up in this transfer portal window, and that would be somebody that would play a lot. What would that mean for an Isaiah Wachobia? Could mean he falls back a little bit in the depth chart. Obviously makes things harder on Bryce McMorris to get on the field, but that's a group that still needs a little bit of depth in play um, to really be feeling good about. And the other position on defense that I think you need a, a boost of depth and talent is the linebacker room. We've talked about how well um, Ahmad Walker, Jaquandis Burns, Chris Adamora, and Alex Kilgore fit in. But again, one injury away from being relatively thin on guys that SMU can count on. They have Cam Farrar, who's, who's in that linebacker room, but he's still developing. They need another linebacker from the transfer portal. And if you're an On the Pony Express subscriber, we'll have some notes next week. Um, we're kind of monitoring a couple couple people that might be coming in for visits as well. Um, so subscribe to the site. Uh, $10 a month. Uh, nothing major there. Uh, a couple beers, a couple coffees, uh, and you can get on the get in the know on some of the latest transfer portal targets that SMU will have once this window truly opens. And I think SMU is going to be aggressive. They have room to address all the needs they need to. Um, safety and linebacker are the two biggest ones on defense, in my opinion. And on the flip side, um, the tight end room for SMU is one that I think we're going to see addressed as well. Um, they need to add more depth there to help out Nolan Matthews, um, to help out 
um, RJ Maryland. That's a room that just needs a bit of a boost of depth. Simon Gonzalez hasn't been out there on the practice field for SMU, so his future might as well be in question. And then you have a slew of freshmen that are coming in with Trip Reardon and Adam Moore, both of which who could need some development without a doubt. Um, so adding a veteran out of the transfer portal at the tight end position would be a welcomed uh, addition for SMU. We'll continue to monitor some names there. It wouldn't shock me if we saw some uh, names go into the portal that SMU could target at that position. And then I think you look at wide receiver. You know, adding another big outside receiver is something SMU's wanted to do. They added Romello Brinson. They added Keyshawn Smith. But I do think a big receiver on the outside is something they still want to look for. But I think they're going to be deliberate as well. I don't think they're going to necessarily take somebody that they don't feel can help them this year either. Um, and, and I think with the way the receiver room is trending long term, you add Jamarian Carroll this this summer. You add Randy Reese this summer, who's Randy Reese is probably going to redshirt. He's going to have to recover a little bit more from that torn ACL, but they're going to need somebody to, again, just kind of push that room over the top. So I think they're going to be particular on it, um, but that's a room that wouldn't surprise me if we saw an addition come from the transfer portal. Going back to the defense, defensive line, we saw them offer Illinois State transfer defensive lineman Judah Colo. He tells me he's going to take a visit to SMU. There are ties with Keenan Hall, who uh, spent time at Illinois State on staff and uh, for SMU to offer him six, four ish, 290 pound defensive lineman. I think that says a lot as far as what SMU wants to do on the defensive line. They need another piece there to add depth. Yes, they did get Stefan Wright back this week. He ditched that red Jersey. He's back in a normal practice Jersey, which is huge for him to get some reps this spring and maybe get a little bit of work in um, after he's been recovering from an injury but they also need just one more piece to the interior of that defensive line to make it a relatively quality defensive line in terms of having a two deep across the board. They're going to add Kevin Allen. They're going to add Day-Day Wimberly this summer, but those are freshmen. Those are guys that they do want to develop and bring along. Having somebody who's a veteran like Judah Colo, he's got two years of eligibility remaining, would be a welcome sign. They'll keep... Uh, Certainly, their eyes out for other guys in the transfer portal window on the defensive line, and especially at pass rusher. I think that's a position that SMU has Nelson Paul and Isaiah Smith at that bandit position. But with Jalen Samuels still suspended, I think that's a position that SMU has to find a way to address. Bring in one more because those are two guys that one is a veteran um, and very, very talented and has had a really good spring in Nelson Paul. And Isaiah Smith is still a ball of clay that's being developed and molded into that dominant pass rusher. He can do a lot of different things, dropping back in coverage. Um, and he's got the athleticism to be one of the better ones that SMU's had come through. But adding a veteran, adding somebody that can add a, a boost of pass rushing off the edge is important, especially with Jalen Samuel's future, potentially up in the air. He's still suspended. He's still on the roster. Uh, but... Uh, with that uncertainty, adding a pass rusher would be key for SMU. So with that, guys, uh, we'll also have some notes on the basketball front from the transfer portal window. I think Rob Lanier and his staff are 
getting closer to maybe getting some answers from the transfer portal. And they do have a big visitor hitting campus this weekend. So be sure to subscribe to ontheponyexpress.com. We also are closing in on a thousand subscribers to our YouTube channel. So please hit that subscribe button. We're just a few dozen away. We appreciate you guys uh, who have subscribed, but we're just so close to that 1K marker and goal that we put out there. So please help us get over the top, spread the word, friends, family, whoever, and get us to 1K on our YouTube channel. So just a relatively short podcast to kick off your master's weekend, your Easter weekend. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will catch you guys next week with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy it. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition.